0: Welcome to Generation Tech, I'm Todd Brinker, I'm joined as always by my dad Jack Brinker and today we're talking about Mac announcements. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, so uh, did you watch the show yesterday? I did, but
1: uh, it was over before I tuned in because I Mm -hmm. had a uh, a 2 o'clock scheduled with a friend and Uh uh, he... uh, he was in our area and got done earlier. And so I said, well, come on over at one. And ah, I'm you're in it. the
0: wrong coast, man. Yeah. On this coast, I it was at 10 o'clock. <laughs> I,
1: anyway, I could have, you know, I knew I could replay it. So yeah. I yeah. They make,
0: make it available go. immediately to be rewatched. So it's not like you have to watch it that second, unless they announce something right. that as soon as they're done, you can hit the buy button. Right. Which they actually kind of did this time, which was interesting. Um, in fact, I think just about everything that they talked about, they talked about it, said it's, a, you know, available for order starting today and shipping next week is what most of it was. And uh, the first thing up was new HomePod minis. They've added yellow, orange, and a kind of midnight blue to the previous uh, white, or it was actually kind of a light gray and then a very dark gray. Um, yeah,
1: we it it's like everything apple you know you can't be black and white for too long you got to go yeah. color
0: <laughs> unless you're a pro thing have you noticed that if they call it pro then there's very little color even the pro version of the phones the colors are yeah, always not, much more subtle no, and and you know if no, there's colors no color, at all
1: no colorful offices no no yeah. distractions yeah <laughs> no no professionals maybe may be, may, yeah. may
0: express themselves in color um yeah. but yeah or or if they do it better be a really subtle color right you could you can have all the color you want as long as it's, you know, aluminum or
1: but dark, any dark anyway, gray. aside yeah. aside from the color, they did they did uh, sort of toot their horn on the Mac Mini.
0: Uh, uh or AirPod iPod mini, iPod. yeah.
1: HomePod Mini. I'm HomePod sorry.
0: Mini, yeah, HomePod Mini, yeah. and uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I think for them that's been a successful device. The original HomePod was three forty nine when it was announced, and then they dropped the price to two ninety nine, and I just don't think they sold very many of those, and almost nobody got them in term in, in, to have a stereo pair, and it really does make a difference with speakers because you can create a soundscape better as soon as you get some separation between your drivers, and uh, and they're doing that with the Mini. With a lot less complexity and still getting uh, pretty darn good sound out of it yep yeah so uh yeah
1: i'm 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 extremely pleased with it uh yeah uh, I, and like you say, the separation's everything now
0: really is you know if if you can get two speakers in a room and then and then uh you know have them driven by a computer that listens to the sound and listens to how it echoes around the room because they've got microphones in the speakers, which is what these HomePods do, both the mini and the original one, um, then you get just a phenomenal soundscape out of out of what are not particularly great speakers in and of themselves. You know, I mean, the the drivers that they're using aren't anything super special. It's It's how they're doing computational sound, just like they do computational photography on their phones. And yeah, so you know, uh, yeah they're impressive little little devices and they're priced yeah, you know somewhat competitively with the world of the Amazon Echoes so
1: yeah well what I was going to say is uh since I use hearing aids I've been interested all along with this to see how well hearing aids are could be supported mm-hmm. and they really came through in fact when I watched the uh the video the other day of the event mm-hmm. uh it was definitely in surround sound yeah you know, no, yeah. no question. It was, yeah. it was really, sounded great in my right. hearing age.
0: You know? Right. Well, and for our listeners too, you, you um, had a a regular original HomePod, but had put it away for a while and weren't using it. And I traded you two HomePod Minis for that HomePod, and you just recently right. got the HomePod Minis. So, so you, you know, you know what they sound like and how they work and how well they work. And so, um, um,
1: but. But the fact that when you can stream the, uh, the surround sound directly into the hearing aids instead uh-huh. of through some speakers or anything else, it's, uh, that's my best uh, best experience because I get the mm-hmm. uh, correction of the hearing aids sure. you know, with, and without any other contamination in between the signal. you know, It comes right in.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Which is great so as I, long as it's not the exclusive sound source in the room and there's somebody else sitting there.
1: Right. right.
0: <laughs> you know, if you're watching by yourself, terrific. Um otherwise you do need to have another sound source on for somebody else. So. Right. Well Apple gave you some another way to listen to stuff too. Uh they created a new plan for Apple Music, which I thought was interesting at in how they differentiated it because you know their competitor um Spotify and Pandora and uh, Amazon Music, they have low cost plans, but generally they limit them in in different ways. They limit them and say, well, you know, like you you can't uh play them offline or you don't get to um in Pandora's case, you know, you'll listen to one song that you pick and then it'll start randomly putting songs in you don't get to create playlists. it'll it'll automatically start playing similar type songs and if you don't like them you can skip them but you're limited in how many you can skip unless you you know pay more money so just different ways of of creating a restricted listening plan and what Apple did was said you can have full access to all of our music for one person on any of your devices but you don't yeah. get an interface you have to use Siri. It's a voice plan. So for five nine or four ninety nine a month, five bucks, you get a voice plan. And you can listen to anything you want on any of your devices. You just have to say, Yoshlomo, play so and so. You know? Yoshlomo put so and so in a playlist called and it'll create a playlist for you, so you can create playlists, and you can do, you know, you have all the functionality. By the way, you can do that right now if you're listening to something. You can say, "Put this song in, a, in playlist," and give it the name of the playlist that you want, or the one that's already been created. Um, I can imagine yeah. that gets a little weird, though, if you know, if you don't have a visual interface because it's all a voice plan. So um, you I'd know, be inter- I, well, I'd just I, be interested never... to see what the Apple Music app looks like if that's the plan you have.
1: I, I have never really used playlists, so the, uh-huh. I just tuned out that most of that section when I realized right. that's it's all focused around the playlist. Because mm-hmm. to me, the playlist is an album or just a singer, mm-hmm. or, you know, that's the way I listen to music.
0: Right. Well, app the way most people, I shouldn't say most, the way a lot of people listen to music on any of these streaming services is they'll create their own playlist of, of songs that they want to listen to. And then they just go say, play that playlist. And yeah. it can be, you know, one artist from multiple albums. Um, virtually every artist has a a an essentials playlist built in already. So you can say play, right? Insert artist's name essentials, and it'll play essentially their greatest hits. You know, well, um, so you so you, you can do that you, already.
1: Yeah, you you sort of hit on to me exactly what Apple's already provided on 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 Apple Music, and that is mm-hmm. just they have an essentials for everybody, right? Yeah. I could say name an artist and put essentials after it. And and they have that. That's already available without paying a dime.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things that they did is they, they have other um, uh, playlists that they automatically create and they've been around for quite a while. They've, they've had, um, uh, um, you know, playlists that are based on location. You can play the top 25 songs in Los Angeles or the top, 25 in Atlanta or whatever, and that way, um, you know, or you can play the top 100 global or top 100 in the US or top 100 in the UK. So you can listen to what other people are listening to, um, you know, in different places. Um, right. But uh, and they they have had a um, you know playlist that's like a chill playlist. That's you know they listen to what they look at what you listen to, and they'll put like relaxing type of stuff. In a playlist for you um, right you know but it's so so they do a lot of you know pre-created ones but one thing that a lot of people do and and this is just it, it's sort of like since streaming music started this is something that a lot of people like to do is create a playlist name it and then put whatever they want in it you know and so you know I have several playlists. I have a smart playlist too, one that's just called the top twenty-five most played. One of the top twenty-five most played songs, ever for me, and I can reset it at any time, you know. And Good. then I've got a bunch of playlists that I just name, you know. It's like when I was younger, I made mixtapes, you know. I would I would pull up a bunch of different albums and record songs that I can like put them together, and they were from all different kinds of people, you know. And they might be named things like you know things with a beat or you know you know, uh, you know, rock and yeah, summer it, songs or something like that. You know, they're just songs that I put together for fun. Yeah. So, so yeah. I,
1: what I, what I do every once in a while is look up one hit wonders,
0: you know, uh-huh. for whatever
1: reason. Uh, I, I like that because basically what you're saying is, I think, I think what that says to me is that maybe the singer wasn't good enough to have a career at this but they sure had a really good song. Yeah. Well, or sometimes they just got lucky. And and I find that to generally be true. If you go back and look at the the hits Mm -hmm. that they had, that that song was really good. And somebody else, in fact, usually multiple people have recorded it uh, as well.
0: Yeah. If it's a really good song. um, Yeah. They're seldom the only one who does it, but. You know, there, there's, right. there's, it's, it's just, it's a tough business. And, you know, there's a lot of people who, who have hits. And when you talk to them, the hits that they have are not the songs they like the most. They just happen to be the ones that other people liked, you know. Right. And if, if sure. they could, if they knew that magic mix of how to, to write that, that hit that everybody loves, then, uh, they'd do it again. <laughs> but they wouldn't be a one hit wonder, you know, but. <laughs> Um, but yeah. there's plenty of them out there, you know, and in fact, it's there, there was almost a, there's a kind a, of a, a meme going on with, excuse me, with bands that were named um, uh, best new got the best new um, band or best new group from uh, from the uh, Grammy Awards. It's uh-huh. almost a curse to say if you got the, the – you were named best new group that you're probably going to have – you know, the one hit that got you there is probably it, your career's over, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's – you know, I mean, if you look at it, and it's probably not absolutely true. I mean, there's probably – you know, I haven't sat down and looked at all of the, um, uh, you know, best new group Grammy Award winners. I'm sure there are plenty of them that went on to have great careers. but uh, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, it's – you know – By the way, I just typed in one hit wonders in the search on Apple music and somebody put together a list already that's out there and they shared it. So you can go. That's the other nice thing about creating lists is you can share your lists. So, um, you know, if, uh, if you put together something good, other people look at it and go like, Hey, yeah, that's kind of, that's a good one. You know? Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Anyway, I, I was going to mention that, uh, uh, one of my favorite things about where I live these days I've never lived in a in a place that had an association or if they did that was really active and had a clubhouse where you could get mm-hmm. together with your neighbors but I'm, I'm very fortunate that uh, we have a lot of musical people in our group in fact uh, mm-hmm. neighbors on both sides of me uh, are well one is actually a professional who plays you know on a well prior to COVID, on a regular basis i don't know he's back if he's back into it now but he he plays in clubs and plays jazz guitar Mm -hmm. i mean he's really really talented it's just uh you know you name the song and he it goes into his head if he knows the melody and he can pick pick the melody out and put in all kinds of flourishes and other things it was just really truly good yeah and 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 the fellow that leads our jam sessions uh is also an accompany a guitar us, not a soloist, mm-hmm. but he probably knows more music than anybody i've I've mm-hmm. ever met
0: He's and the, uh, the rhythm guitarist
1: <laughs> he, yeah he he plays rhythm guitar and sings right. and uh and we have two other two or three other guys, uh, some of them are well quite a few come to our meetings because they've heard about our sessions, and they mm-hmm. don't have to live here to to come. And yeah. so the word gets around and being in North Carolina just just music is part of the heritage of many right. people you know. Yeah. So it has been really thoroughly enjoyable for me to go and I just try not to miss a session unless I absolutely yeah. have to. But anyway, I I've, uh, I don't take my guitar over or I'm a not not really a guitarist anyway. Yeah, i to uh, say you're more of a keyboard my, guy. Yeah. And that's and that's not too portable. But anyway, uh, I go over and I sing with a group, and uh, mm-hmm. those people who participate, they go around each day. You have a song, Jack, or something like that. And yeah. I, hey, yeah, and and one, uh, I, I I've earned a reputation. I found out that is that I'm, I'm I'm off the wall from, from uh, the guy who knows all these songs. Uh, got stumped again yesterday. <laughs> he asked me to name a song and. He didn't have it in his playbook and it's a Hank Williams song. Yeah. So, you know, he says, Where do you come up with all this stuff? And I said, Well, I listen to Hank Williams. <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: yeah. 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 Well so, and uh, you know, if you listen to an artist and you enjoy their stuff, sometimes you, you you go into that deep dive. You know, you're not just playing their hits, you play you know uh, right. you know, there's there's artists that I like and some of my uh, some of my favorite songs of theirs are not the ones that were hits, you know. And and yeah. uh, so well, even I've, if you went to go see that artist live, you may not hear that song because there's a tendency of artists to kind of play their hits when they're when they're, you know, and of course, it, Hank Williams isn't with us anymore. So, um, you know,
1: I, I but, believe that's true for me of just about every artist out there yeah. is that the, my yeah. favorite song by by the artists that I like uh, really didn't make it to the top of the charts. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. But, yeah. But well I think sometimes it shows too that, you know, sometimes it's for me anyway, it's not only my favorite, it's also something that's stylistically different than most of their catalogue. Like, you know, right. it'd be that one song that they did that was like not didn't sound like the other ones and they never went back and did anything like that. Which yeah. always shocks me when when that's like that when that song is one of their hits and it's like, Well, you had a hit doing something like that. Why didn't you do something like that again? I mean, I'm not saying rewrite the same song, but just, you know you clearly use different like rhythm patterns and just, there was a different sense to this song than what most of your other songs were. Why, why didn't you do more of this kind of thing? Did you just not like it or did not, did you not realize that that was, you know, such a unique, different song? You know, I don't oh, know. Oh,
1: you, although I, 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 get what you're saying. Uh, but I have also seen too many artists uh, if they have a big hit, then their next song that comes along yeah. is maybe maybe too much like the hit song.
0: It's a, such right. an
1: obvious knockoff that yeah. I say, well, why did why did they do that? You
0: know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's it's a fine line. It's a fine line, uh, you know. But uh, uh, I can find yeah, and I can find examples of both. You're absolutely right. There are some who um, who are like, well, okay, we know you can do that. Can you do anything else? <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> So Anyway. um, Yeah, so let's move on. Next thing they they announced was a new set of AirPods. This is their AirPods 3. And what was interesting is they kept the AirPods 2 in the lineup. So this now seats in between their original AirPods, which are currently their second generation AirPods, and, and the AirPods Pro. These are AirPods 3. They kind of look like the AirPods Pro. They have a shorter stem and they fit in your ear, but they don't have the little um, rubber tips that then hold it in your ear and seal it. So they don't do um, any um, uh, what is it called the uh, sound control or, or um, you know um, uh, anything that blocks out the exterior sounds so, because they just set in your ear. But they do have sensors that allow you to do um, uh, spatial audio and because they can tell movement. So once you put them in your ears, you can move your head around. Um, They come in a charging case that looks like the AirPods Pro, so it's like the original AirPods turned on their side uh, case. Um, And the new case also has magnets on the back so that if you have one of their MagSafe chargers, it'll lock into place on the MagSafe charger when it's charging. Um, The previous ones that were in the Pro... You could use them on a Qi charger or a MagSafe charger. They just didn't have magnets that would lock them into the right place. But these new ones will support the Dolby Atmos and the um, spatial audio, which the Series 2 AirPods did not. Um, And I was, you know, I I, I kind of expected them to replace the Series 2. So to come out with something that is, you know, sort of in between those and the Pro is fine. I think that's great, you know. The Series 2 are $129, so they dropped the price of those a little bit, I think, because those were originally like $179 or something, right? And these now are $179.
1: Now, when they say longer battery life, that, Mm -hmm. that impressed me because it's longer than the Pro.
0: So, is it?
1: Yeah. So, I was thinking about getting it just because I like the longer battery life and and the way i use it i don't particularly care about uh the uh the noise uh noise canceling cancelling. Mm-hmm. uh feature because i'm using it at night in bed you know it's not noisy uh-huh. in the bedroom so that's that's not a that's a do, no go so i thought well hey i can get basically a pro for a few 50 bucks cheaper at least yeah it's and, 179 uh, longer, for the
0: for the third and generation get, and 249 for the pro
1: yeah, and and get a longer battery life. So uh, yeah,
0: they say up to six hours of listening on a charge, whereas the Pros are four and a half hours of listening on a charge, and the Twos are five hours. So the Pros have actually been the the lesser of the of the hair, AirPods in terms of battery life to begin with. Um, but again, you know, it's and some people don't like that sense of the little rubber tips that cause the pros to seal into your ear so that they can do the noise canceling. Um so well, this that, will be uh something that they will like, I think.
1: Yeah, that that might be an issue, but I, I figured that you know, if I got one of the these that somebody will, will probably come out with the tips anyway, or maybe the pro tips will work on them.
0: The pro tips won't, those snap onto the end. This is a different shape, so they won't won't uh won't fit in there not not quite that way they do um uh have the same little pressure sensors to um, you know do the skipping forward or skipping backward by tapping or holding and you can press to hold for siri um uh whereas the pros when you press and hold you switch between active noise cancellation and and uh and transparency mode
1: anyway i already have the little sleeves that go over the pros that'll probably Mm -hmm. work with these Uh, that, that have a better function. So if I'm running, if I were Uh to run with my pros now, they'd fall out, you know, Mm -hmm. but with these, with these uh, little rubber sleeves, uh, it, it really holds them in better. So that little tip doesn't matter as much as the, the overall, uh,
0: yeah, there's been sleeves available for the original um, AirPods as well because some people find they don't hold in their ear very well, and so this little sleeve goes over it to give it like a little silicone uh, tackiness so that it fits in your ear. Plus, it's just slightly larger, obviously, if it has a sleeve over it. So, um, the both- other thing
1: I wasn't—it wasn't clear to me about—is just how much control you have with this four-sensor controls. Is it better than the Pro?
0: No, it's exactly the same chip. Um, and oh. it's not – control. what what control do you think you're going to get there? All it does is it senses your head orientation so that if you're using the surround sound, um, your orientation, you know, stays put while your head turns. That's the only function of it that no, I see. No,
1: no, no. This is pause and go and stuff like that. Oh,
0: that stuff. It's the, uh, Everything's the same there with the exception of uh, the press and hold function, which is on the pros, press and hold switches between active noise and transparency mode active noise cancellation and transparency mode and on the oh. AirPods Gen 3 it uh, you press and hold for Siri
1: uh, so, oh okay
0: yeah um, let's see uh, I was just trying to see if there was anything else there's, uh, that they talked about here that was with one or not with the other um, both the pros and the third generation are uh, uh what, how do they phrase it? It was like sweat resistance, sweat and water resistance to IPX4. So these look to me like they're very much like the Pros. They just don't have the the little, you know, they, they didn't shape the piece that goes in your ear with a tip on it so that it could make a seal, and therefore it doesn't support the... Um, the uh, active noise cancellation and transparency mode and if you don't need the active noise cancellation then these are probably perfect for you if you don't find you use that I actually find I use that um, uh, fairly regularly when I when I put them on you know because I'll wear them like when I'm doing yard work and if I'm running a lawnmower and anytime I've traveled in an airplane I put them in and that's just wonderful but if you're not doing if you don't travel in an airplane or you're not in a noisy environment much then the noise cancellation really doesn't buy you anything so. That's that's what I'm saying. To me it yeah. doesn't
1: it's a don't care. The yeah. other thing that, that that I was wondering about is they on this picture uh on the in the article I'm looking at it says magsafe charging uh right. but that little that little pendant looks like the same one you hook your watch on is it the same?
0: No, that's the new magsafe charger that Apple sells and it's just a Qi charger with magnets on it to help everything align on it. And so you, you can take the AirPods Pro that you have right now and set them on a MagSafe charger or any Qi charger. You don't have to plug them in. They, they support wireless charging. Um, but the, uh, the new one and, the, and, and all subsequent copies of the Pros now will also support this. They will um, charge on the MagSafe, and uh, theoretically, if they're supporting that, they'll have magnets in there that help them align so they click into the right spot because anybody who's used a Qi charger to charge their phone knows you got to get it on there just right, otherwise you come back and your device is dead and you thought you were charging it. Right. So yeah. that's why, actually, all of my Qi chargers, I, I quit buying uh, any of the just, like, little flat places that you lay your thing on to charge it because right. it's very hit and miss as to whether or not you get it on there right. My Qi chargers are actually little stands that are upright, and when you set your phone in the stand, it's like in a little cradle, and it, it it's hard to not put it in the cradle, right. Um, sure. and so, it, and, and I, you know, as soon as you get it lock, set it in there, the light comes on and you feel the, the phone vibe. Um, uh, and well, even though the, well, my, my AirPods pro support chi charging, I don't use them that way. I just plug them in.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I have a gift that was a charger, mm-hmm. uh, and it's got the, it's got the flat place for the phone. It's got mm-hmm. a place above it to put the, that I've got the, uh, uh, uh watch disk uh, yeah. connector on and it's also got a little plug-in tab which then I I use for my pro case you mm-hmm. know so I can have all three going on at once uh, which yeah. which I like the only as you pointed out the only sensitive issue is getting the phone on there right and and I've been uh only once that I you know discovered that it wasn't quite on right but but that's not a problem because at night, it's pretty obvious that the little blue light comes on if it's not on their right. Right. And so you can see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, mine gives me so. a green light if it's on correctly and charging. So and uh, if, it, if it doesn't well, give me the green light, then it's not, not on there right. But like I said, because I'm sitting it literally in a stand and it's sitting upright – facing towards yeah. me it's like it's it's yeah. almost impossible yeah, not to and the, the stand that i have happens to be almost exactly the width of my phone and so when i slide it on there i feel the back of the stand with my hand my fingers and make sure that my phone just slides down right into the you know into the cradle that way so yeah. you know
1: I, the, the thing i told you that i put the uh uh earpod pro on or the case plugged it in is actually a stand for a phone too so if you had two of them you could you can right. stand it up, but, mm-hmm. but it's not magnetic. It's just plug it in, you know?
0: Right. Right.
1: So, so anyway.
0: So after the AirPods, was, the main event, right? This is where they really started talking about what they uh, what their new computers were going to be. And at this point, they hadn't specifically told us about the computers because they started talking about the chips first. So right. they had released the M1 previously, and there is a 13-inch Mac Pro a MacBook Air and a MacBook and a Mac Mini that all run on the M1. In addition to both the uh, uh, Pro Air um, uh, uh, iPads, run on the M1. The new chip. Yeah. And there was a lot of question about how they were going to name this. And there was, the rumor was it was either going to be the M2 or the M1X, and both were wrong. It's the M1 Pro. And then the M1 Max, which I thought was an interesting way of of marketing it. So the M1 Pro um, basically adds to the number of uh, processing units, doubles the number of graphics units, supports more uh, I.O. devices, and takes the memory up to 32 megabytes, which is twice what the M1 supports. So it's like twice as many chips, twice as many. It's basically a kind of a doubled M1 on a chip, right? And then the yeah. M1 Max kind of doubles that. So it's four times sort of the original M1 in terms of uh, uh, the available number of um, – well, I guess the, the CPU, uh, the high and low power CPUs between the M1 and the M1 Max are the same. I think it's – there was ten powered ones and two low power ones, right? Or eight, eight and right. two That's, or ten and two. Eight and two. Yeah. And, and, and then, the – but the graphics engines were were, uh, were doubled in the Pro and quadrupled in the Max, and as, right. as was the available memory because the memory goes to sixty four gigabytes in the Max. Well, anyway,
1: so, to me the the first biggie is the fact that instead of just having one Pro chip, which is what I think was kind of in everybody's right. mind that they put all their focus on one chip,
0: yeah. I was
1: just delighted to see that they have put two chips out there uh, and really uh, the max was named because that was what they considered the best that they could do with system on a chip uh, architecture. Right. And, and the, the one thing that immediately hit my mind is first of all, I, I want to praise what they did in terms of, of the overall performance. They, were maybe two years ahead of people with M one. Now they've jumped at least five years ahead, uh, because this this is a phenomenal achievement uh, yeah. to to come out with this kind of power on a chip. I mean, it's just uh, incredible. And, yeah. No, I agree. I don't. And, and and everybody's just starting to get into the business, so they have uh, basically assured the success of the company uh, in such a big way. And it's just going to continue to skyrocket because now I'm going to kind of turn and become critical of, of what not not what they did, but of, of the issues facing them at this point. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with uh, there's a big issue when you even back with the M1 uh, of how do you lay out uh, the various parts of your architecture relative to each other uh, on the chip? And I believe that there's a a big experiment going on, uh, right now. Uh, they're, they're probably have built two or three of the pro at least. And in the process of doing that, somebody said, let's throw on some more stuff and, and make the max or what eventually evolved to the max. But, uh, it's not clear that there is even a science at yet at this point in time, uh, even though this was discussed back when I was active in the chip market as to how to arrange things. Ultimately, the conclusion back then, and I don't think it's gone away, has been in order to really optimize chips, you need to use multi-layer architecture, which they could have done and just didn't tell us about. Uh, And uh, the reason that I say that is that there's certain things that Gain a whole lot by putting uh, one substrate on top of another. Yeah, especially memory. Well,
0: I I think that the images that they showed us of you know eight high-performance cores and graphics cores and neural engine cores, those graphics have nothing to do with the actual architecture of the chip. That's just a graphic to show us while they're talking about these different things. So that's not the actual layout.
1: That's, that's what I'm thinking has to do with a lot of this. Just for explanation purposes, they give you a two dimensional view because it's difficult to appreciate and understand what you get into when right. you have uh, a three dimensional architecture with one and maybe even two layers. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't right. know what the state of the art is of the actual, uh, uh, process, mm-hmm. process building of these chips. Uh, but there's lots and lots and lots of issues. We're talking about extreme complexity here. And the, uh, the only way that uh, they can solve some of these is with uh, good software that, that actually does the layout for them. Oh, sure. You, it's, it's humanly impossible to just sort of say, this is better than that by looking at it. Because there's too many factors involved. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, I'm, I'm thinking that a lot of what we saw uh was sort of a, a way to communicate to people rather than technically what's really there
0: oh absolutely I, I i think that anybody who looks at that drawing that they gave us of the layout of a chip and thinks that's how the chip is laid out is fooling themselves and and yeah. no and nowhere did they say this is how the chip's laid out they just put a graphic up and pointed to different sections on the graphic and said right. see these see these 10 squares here Two of these are efficiency right. cores, and eight of these are performance cores, and we've got them. You know, I yeah. mean, no, if you M- notice in the graphic, there's a big square up there that's as big as 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 the uh, almost as big as the as four of the high performance cores that says M1 Pro on it. You know, <laughs> and they don't have the words M1 Pro. They're not going to give up. You know, that that much real estate on their chip to print the word M1 Pro on it. Um, yeah. You know, that'll be on uh, a, on the outside of the chip somewhere. So, <laughs> um, so you know. So basically,
1: so. what I saw in this presentation is when you do those kinds of things, you put together and you, you actually have to build it. And then everything that we saw in terms of numerics and performance on this thing had to do with the testing. They came from the testing group that went through and checked, you know, everything and, and took and quoted it against the M one standard, you know, basic uh,
0: right. chip they already had. Well, and, so and that they, they could, also, they also like to, to, to compare what they 're able to do to what Intel chips are doing because that that 's what most of okay. the industry is using, so they want to they want to point out and they 're still using uh, you know i mean a lot of the devices that these are going into in fact all the devices that these are going into are replacing uh, current Apple devices that run intel chips, and so for people right. who who currently have a uh, and we haven't talked about the devices, but it's uh, you know, it's it's the new MacBook Pros. Those are the there's two sizes and that's the only things that, that these, these chips are going into so far. Um and uh although I expect some more. Um but uh you know they you know, if you have one of those devices, they wanna give you an idea of what you're getting when you buy a new one. So there a lot of the things they talked about were were comparisons to the M one or to to uh intel in terms of what they got you know honestly i mean you know the thing that that struck me more than any of the other specs was the memory bandwidth um you know the oh yeah that's something that you pick up by the unified architecture i mean it's you know it's uh 200 gigabits per second on the m1 pro and 400 gigabits per second on the m1 max and you know that's how you're allowed to have a, a unified memory architecture that, that is fast enough for not uh, uh for, for your uh, your CPUs but mostly for your GPUs, where you generally have to have dedicated memory in order for it to work fast. And they talked a little bit right. about the comparison between in fact they, they they talked a good amount about the comparison between their GPU capabilities and the gpu capabilities in you know in competitors products or in their uh, previous products you know and using the integrated graphics from intel these things beat the pants off of them and even using a um, a uh, separate graphics solution in laptops which apple and others have used in order to get better graphics more professional level graphics out of their devices uh, they said there were some that actually beat the M1 Pro in graphics capability, but there was like they, they needed four times more power and generated more heat to do that and ate up your battery. And these do it very efficiently. So, um, you know, and again, that just well, goes back to the fact that it's all on the chip and that they've got that, uh, that shared memory resource.
1: Yeah. Well, well the key to what uh, th- th- this whole architecture has to do with, uh, as you said, memory. And 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 I believe the truth of the whole matter is is that their memory is on a sec- separate layer, uh, so that it has near you know as close of contact with, to each processing element as you can think. In other mm-hmm. words, if, if you have eight processors or ten processors in them, they they each kind of talk uh, to the memory directly, each yeah. of them in par- in parallel. Because what you're talking about is parallel processing system, yeah. okay? And the whole architecture is geared toward how to get multiple things going on at the same time and and keep them going at their max rate.
0: Yeah. Well, if you look at so, their graphics that they show you when they talk about the memory, they show you the processor and then they have um, memory chips to the either side of the processor. And with the M1 Pro, they had one on either side, and with the M1 Max, they had two on either side, and that's very similar to how they showed the memory um, with the uh, original M1 as a set of of uh, what looked like, I'll say chips, but I mean there was a a, a rectangle off to one side. Yeah. Um, well, the, but again, the most how... impressive
1: graphics yeah. that I saw put up. Were the ones where they showed power versus performance,
0: right? And that's what I was talking about when it yeah, came to the graphics. There? Yeah, I'm still here. I seem to have lost yeah. you. But that's what I was talking about when it came okay. to graphics. Any, anyway, the, yeah, uh,
1: that that was a, just a blow away
0: because right. uh, that's
1: that's the uh, kingpin uh, that knocks over the whole uh, Intel line of c- computers. Right now. Yeah, no, that's the point it's, I was making when I was
0: talking about the graphics. Performance was the fact versus that, that uh, you can have discrete.
1: Both thermal and. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, I mean, power they beat them hands down on discrete it's graphics. Low, low and, power
1: buys you so much, uh, you know, and still to maintain high performance and, and uh, not have to deal with the thermal issues uh, and yet get just some superb performance. Uh, that, that's the whole story, really. Yeah, you can you can look at all the numbers you want about the processors, and uh, not come away all that excited. I mean, except when you get to the computer level, you know now. Mm-hmm. now however many pixels you put in. Oh,
0: I lost him. We'll see if we can bring him back. Can you hear me? I hear you. Can you hear me? Hello? I hear you. Can you Uh, hear me? We're back to
1: that again. I think it came up with it in my ear, and I've got to uh, change Bluetooth. There, we're back now. I'm sorry. Okay.
0: Yeah, I you lost me somewhere in there because I talked several times, and you kept talking right over me, so you didn't hear me at all. So we lost you lost sound somewhere and then and then it just dropped off completely. so okay uh, well, yeah, because uh, I mean, you were repeating what I was saying I the, I, the point that I had made about the their graphics, you know even if they you know w- they blow away Intel uh, with the discrete graphics, and even if, into, if if you have a a laptop that uses a customized graphic chip. I'm mean, sorry, Discrete integrated graphics. They blow them away on integrated graphics. If you have a discrete graphics chip in your laptop, which Apple has used before in some of their MacBook Pros and a lot of uh, Windows machines use in order to get more power, in order to, to keep up with the new M1 series chips, you have to burn so much more power and generate so much more heat that, uh, you know, it, it's not really effective as a laptop solution. And... Uh, and these new chips just do that in spades. And uh, one of the things I noticed, too, is, um, and I don't know if you've had any experience or you ever, you've ever done anything with encoding video or not, but um, uh, Apple has a codec that's used by a lot of professionals called ProRes, and that's a way of encoding video. It's a a, a uh, file format. And they've created the encode and decode piece in hardware on their devices now, too. So that's built into the chip. Sure. And so that ENCODE-DECODE is going to go like lightning. Um, and so sure. people people who use their devices for video work are going to find these new chips um, just uh, phenomenally fast. Uh, you know, because they're going offload a lot of that. So, yep. So, and then, uh, you know, after they they talked about these chips, which we both could go on and on about, it, you know, how... how how really earth-shattering these are. I I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some some real life um you know as they start shipping next week um real life uh comparisons, you know, between things because the you know the all of the the tech po- people probably already have them but they're embargoed until they start shipping, right? So so the day they start yes. shipping we'll get we'll get articles and and uh, videos about how well these work and how well they work compared to other things. Um I think it's going to be a little embarrassing because I know there's going to be people who have you know, uh, $10,000 Mac Pro setups that are going to be able to get a laptop that outperforms the Mac Pro uh, with yep. Intel chips and, and discrete graphics in it. Um, Absolutely, now, yeah. Yeah, so the, new, the, the two new computers that they introduced that will get these chips, and you can get either chip in either computer. And, in fact, I applaud them because – for a change, it seems like they have a 14-inch and a 16-inch model for laptops now. And it looks to me like it doesn't matter which model you get, you can get the exact same configuration. So you're not, like, being hamstrung by getting the smaller right. one. You know, if you want the 14-inch right. screen, you don't have to settle for a lesser processor or anything because there's no, you know, there isn't so much heat overhead that there was with Intel that they had to, you know, give up battery in order to put big fans in there. Um, right, right. Now they do have now, fans now, in their devices.
1: Now, 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 my thought is that there's only one reason for the 14-inch screen, and that's for the guy who really wants to go. He's, he's on the go some of the time, so he needs a mm-hmm. portable. But yeah. he really, when he's working at home, he's got the big display that Apple has mm-hmm. already. Maybe two of them. And yeah. in fact, when they show it, the person who has the already two big displays is really a graphics guru. He he wants that max because he can ha- he can drive both. Well, even the fourteen inch will drive both of those. Right. And if, well, so if he's on the go, what uh, you drive he's fine. is
0: dependent on which chip you buy, not not on which which size computer you buy. And they're both available in both sizes. So the M1 Pro supports two external yeah. displays. It doesn't say what size displays, but I'm assuming that those would be the Apple ProRes display if you got it right. And then that's what um, I'm. I'm that I think be, they said that. Did they? Okay. In the graphic here, doesn't specifically say that, but it, the, it looks like that's the the screen that they drew in there. The um, Max uh, supports three of those simultaneously and a 4K TV. So if you're doing right. video editing, you can have various screens and stuff showing down below on things you're editing on your on your high res. Uh, professional screens and then you can put the playback up on the 4k tv so you'll see what it looks like on most people's televisions because you know that's the 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 standard in most homes there are um you know a lot of a lot of people who still have 1080p tvs and there are a few people who have some 8k tvs but they're very rare so 4k is sort of the current standard um and that's pretty phenomenal off of a laptop you know
1: it it is it is you know in fact you you say well why would you even get a desktop anymore? <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah, well, I'll tell you why. cha Ching, um, so yeah, they, that's right. they they uh, they say that they you know th- their starting prices are reasonable, right? The 14 inch one starts at f- a uh, thousand ninety nine dollars, two thousand bucks, and $2,500, twenty $2, four ninety nine for the sixteen inch model. That's where they start. Now this yeah, is those where... were th-
1: with the, both are with the pro chips there.
0: right. That's that's both with the basic pro chip, um, and and the uh, you know in their minimum configuration, which, you know, I'm I'm not saying uh, minimum is is a bad thing, but uh, but uh, you know, because even their minimum configuration is going to blow away most stuff, right? So um, right. it was interesting that they do have a minimum that that 1999 M1 mm-hmm. Pro instead of the 10 core CPU. And sixteen core GPU that they that they quoted. It has binned versions of that. It has an eight core CPU and a fourteen core GPU. Yep. So it's a little less. And that basic price also comes with sixteen gigabytes of memory, which was already available on the original M one, not the the Pro. And five twelve gigabytes of ssd storage. So um, you know, so it's 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 a slightly weaker version of the M1 Pro than they talked about the capabilities of the M1 Pro because they talked about it being a 10-core CPU and a 16-core GPU. But they're selling a yeah. version that's cut down from that. And for those who don't know what binning is, what that means is when they produce these chips, there's a certain number of them that come off the, the production line that maybe has a core that, for whatever reason, didn't work right. And, and so there's a certain amount of, of, of waste In the process. Well, rather than than destroying that waste, they're saying, well, we have enough waste at the early beginnings of this that we could just sell one that says we guarantee it'll have 8 working cores and 14 cores on the GPU. Even though it was designed to be a 10 and 16, we know there are going to be some that are going to have failures in it. and So rather than throw those failures away, we'll just sell that as a slightly lesser chip at a little bit discounted price. If you want the 10-core... 16 core device with that same 16 gigabytes of memory and they do double the storage to a terabyte instead of 512 gigabytes. It's 2499. So, uh yeah. so that's $2500 whether you get the 14-inch or the 16-inch. Now, the 16-inch doesn't have that downgraded chip option. It starts at 10 and 16. So, I guess yeah. they're not exactly identical. Right? But um yeah. But that's how you configure it now. And I think that's what we're gonna have to get used to with, with um with all the Mac devices is it's gonna be more and more like the phone or the iPad where um uh, you know you don't add anything into it. Um, and I know their laptops have been sealed like that for a while. But now it's pick the processor, pick the memory, pick the storage, and forever will you be happy. Um I will yeah. say that the first thing I did when I went to the configurator is I went to the uh to the to both the fourteen inch and the sixteen inch and spec them with every option. Said, how expensive can I make this? And the uh, 14-inch comes in at just under $6,000, and the 16-inch comes in at just over $6,000.
1: (laughs) $6,000.
0: Now, mind you, that's the the top-of-the-line processors and 64 gigabytes of memory, 8 terabytes of storage, and it's $6,099 for the... um, for the 16-inch MacBook Pro, and for yeah. the um, for the 14-inch, again the people uh,
1: the people you, in the video world are going to eat this up. They're, oh yeah, they
0: they don't look at this as a cost; they look at it as an investment to get their job done quicker. You that's know, right. To, to be able to do their job quicker and better, and that's, that's money in their pocket. You can do more work and do it more quickly if, you, if you're in the, you know, video and, and high-end photography. And, you know, I mean, you, if you need this, you know you need it. And, by the way, that, the 14-inch comes out to uh, $5,899, so 5900 So one's just over and one's just under a $6,000 mark, and that's fully loaded. But, again, 8 terabytes of storage, which would be insane. Um you know uh the 64 gigabytes of unified memory there's quite a few people who have had devices that have had that not necessarily laptops but that's not you know unheard of but eight terabytes these days is insane you can save eighteen hundred dollars by going back to two terabytes and that's still plenty for most people quite frankly one terabyte is probably plenty for most people
1: yeah well for people like me I was really interested in what the 14-inch ba- entry price was and that's $2,000 and yeah. with the prices that you can go out and get the M1 with I think I'm an M1 chopper.
0: <laughs> yeah, no honestly pro. honestly everything I mean if you go back and look at the reviews of when the M1 came out all the rave reviews and how it's fast enough to run, you know, Intel software in emulation mode faster than an Intel computer based computer. Yeah. Um you go do I really need the pro or is that just stroking my ego you know because
1: that, that that's exactly the question to ask
0: you know because you can go for 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 nine ninety nine you can get a macbook uh air that has the m one in it six uh what is it, eight gig of memory and uh, and it's probably going to be the fastest computer you've ever owned yeah you know and and doesn't have a fan never never you know never heats up enough to need a fan. So uh, you've got to question that. Now it's interesting th- th- where they are with this right now because the 13-inch uh, MacBook Air, which is their basic um, starter sort of Mac, is yep. is uh, oh it, I thought yep. it was still out there. It apparent oh yeah, it's still available. It's still available. Now that one
1: it, it's it's very I/O handicapped. Yeah, and, and
0: it has and the it touch bar. Yeah, And we haven't talked about the new ones, but the touch bar is gone. So there's no touch bar. And in fact, on previous laptops, they had sort of a mini half-height set of keys across the top as your function keys. Uh, These laptops have full-size function keys all the way across the top. So they're back to function keys. The touch bar is gone. But all hail ports. No more dongles. They've done away with them. They've put holes in the side of their computers. If you ever wanted evidence that... um, that uh, Johnny Ive has, has moved on and Apple has, has you know, re their design, yep. this is it because uh, you've got an HDMI port, you've got a SD card slot, and three Type Cs. There wasn't a Type A, USB Type A, and I understand that. That's kind of going backwards. Um, but the big news, too, for a lot of people was the return of a MagSafe connector on the end of the laptop. And that's kind of a big deal. I, I never liked the idea of the USB-C in there. Uh, the, the MagSafe has saved my computer from flying off of tables and my, my wife's computer from flying off of tables more times than I can count. And, uh, and, when they, and I just thought that was such a, a, an elegant solution to that design, and then they just did away with it. And I'm so happy to see that come back. Um, yeah,
1: I don't, I don't know if the M1 computers had the uh, Touch ID... Did they they do,
0: yeah. All the M ones have it. Um, so what they did is the 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 little uh, touch bar in the middle. On the left side, there was an escape key because originally the touch bar did away with the escape key, and virtually every programmer in the world screamed no because we use they use that all the time, and yeah. so they put the escape key back. And then on the other end of it, they have the power button with the touch ID on it, and so. Yeah. Uh, Now, with these new laptops, all of their devices will have uh, Touch ID to get into them, as well uh, as uh, function keys. And then you've got the one 13-inch that sits out there with um, with the Touch Bar. It's the last device that still has the Touch Bar. So if you really love the Touch Bar, there's still a computer you can buy. But that was just never really embraced by the world. Um, that's a twelve ninety nine starting price on that by the way if anybody's interested in that thirteen inch um you know and and quite honestly that's pretty significantly less than the nineteen uh nineteen ninety nine that you'd have to pay for yeah. the uh seven hundred dollars difference for the fourteen that's inch true. yeah you get an inch bigger screen you get ports uh you get buttons instead of a touch bar um you know it's the uh the M1 is an eight-core CPU and an eight-core GPU, and you know the M1 Pro is a ten-core CPU. Well, I guess it's an eight-core CPU and a fourteen-core GPU on the on the nineteen ninety nine version of it. Yeah. So, so uh, the direct comparison with a five twelve gigabyte is fourteen ninety nine versus nineteen ninety nine. You know, so it's still six hundred dollars, mm-hmm. right? Five hundred dollars. Yep. Five hundred dollars difference. Um, Yeah, so it's pretty significant. I think the ports coming back is probably going to be the single largest thing. That and the MagSafe coming back are probably the things that that people are going to be happiest about because, yeah, more memory is going to run faster. Great. We expected that. I mean, we didn't know exactly how and what the details were, but you're not going to sell us a pro computer that's not going to run faster and have more memory and more storage in it. So we knew that was coming. What we didn't know, but it had been rumored, was that ports were coming back. And, uh, yeah. Wow. You know, yep. I, I, yeah, I, well,
1: they finally got, finally got some sense in their heads.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nobody it, wants to it, carry it, their it, computer it, around it, with a handful of dongles in a bag or, somewhere. And then if you lose those, you can't work, can't use your device anymore.
1: Yeah. What it comes down to is for five years or I don't know just how far in the past, uh, uh-huh.
0: uh
1: Apple has had this arrogance about them that said we know better right. and they just ticked a lot of people off.
0: Yeah, I think that there was a um an issue for um a lot of people in in you know in the the Mac world the 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 fun stuff that had been designed by um uh Johnny Ive, he, you know, he had gotten to the point where things were thinner and lighter and more beautiful, but they were less functional and people were starting to right. really complain loudly about that.
1: Well, a lot yeah. of them even went back, went back to uh, Intel machines.
0: Right. The last yeah. time that you could buy a a uh, MacBook Pro that had ports in it was 2015. And my I have a 13-inch MacBook Pro and had no desire to upgrade because every computer since then either had two or four, th- uh, at least on the MacBook Pro line, had two or four Thunderbolt ports in it, and that was it. Yeah. Well and, and
1: they and they beats beat people up with bad keyboards and
0: yeah. and uh, Yeah, that you, that you name
1: it. It was just one thing after another, you know?
0: Yeah, that twenty fifteen device had good keyboard, had ports in the side of it. And quite frankly, and this is part of the reason that Apple moved on to their own chips, the Intel chips being sold in twenty twenty one weren't that much faster than the ones that were being sold in twenty fifteen. You know? In in that time period they had not got you know, in those six years their chips had not gotten significantly better. They just they had been stagnant for a long period of time. And so, um, you know, I at least to my to my use, sitting down and using the computer, I didn't see a significant difference or a, a justifiable difference in buying a new laptop. And quite frankly, I don't use a laptop that much anymore. If I'm sitting yeah. down with something in my lap, it's usually my iPad and Yep. You know, when I'm sitting here recording, I have a, a Mac mini plugged into a ginormous screen in front of me. Um, and I guess I could bring the laptop in here and plug that into my ginormous screen and use that. But, uh, um, yeah, you know, I just did. There, there was no motivation to move on from that 2015. That, and and now there are what, some what, devices that would kind of make you go, that, OK, well, maybe I should.
1: Speak, speaking of the Mac mini. Uh, that that's where all the projections went wrong. There was none.
0: Right, and that was honestly my biggest disappointment. I expected the the Mac Mini Pro, right? That's what we kind of had yep. been promised in terms yep. of that was the one thing that, that, that really had been talked about that just didn't happen. They assumed that, that they would replace the higher-end Mac Mini because right now you can still buy an Intel-based Mac Mini, and it is the more expensive Mac Mini and the higher-powered uh, Mac Mini that was introduced back in 2018, and uh, and that's still available. Um, they have the M1, which probably outperforms the Intel one in most ways, but it's limited in memory, limited imports, and so well, well, some I, people I say think, that's not for them.
1: I I think that uh, for Apple, they'll just stick with the. Uh, um, uh, excuse me i can't think of it now what
0: what's this VMware. their tabletop
1: their tabletop uh machine. oh the
0: the um uh imac
1: i imac yeah they'll just say if if you want a a better performing um machine it's it's either a, a imac or a laptop uh and and i think the mini is is going to be ever cast as an introductory machine, which is where it started and probably what they're going to return it
0: to. I, th- I think that – I'm not sure I agree with you. I think that we're going to see a more souped-up Mac Mini that's going to replace that Intel Mac Mini that they still have on their lineup. Um, they just didn't want to do it at this this event, and that probably has to do with chip availability and which one they'd rather be selling. Uh, but I think yeah. they're going to – the, there's a a real – uh, market for these things that they found, and what it is is it's not so much that starter machine for that guy who or or gal who wants their first Mac. It's used a lot by professionals to stick in racks or to take out and use in professional ways, and or, or they're used in server farms a lot. And so I, that's
1: that's what I was going to say. Ser- servers is probably the prime use,
0: right? And so there's a lot of of, of professional use of this very small device. So, uh, and in fact. I had read a couple articles when they came out with the M1 mini uh that that said, you know, cuz they were expecting that to maybe come out with a different form factor to look more like an Apple TV in terms of size and shape. And apparently they were they, they felt there was a lot of pushback of doing that because there's so many people who have these things in racks and they need that same form factor to fit into the rack. Otherwise they not only have to buy new computers, they've got to buy all new um, uh, you know, uh Devices in which to mount the the, the computers and yeah and the infrastructure yeah and so they they decided they would stick with the same basic dimensions because um, there was rumors that the mini that was going to be introduced here was going to be uh, slightly different form factor and have a um, sort of a plastic top on it like the very first mini did instead of being solid yeah. uh, aluminum uh, which makes sense in terms of like trying to have a place where you can get your antennas and stuff. Uh, you know, clear shot out at the world so you can get good yeah. Wi-Fi and good Bluetooth and things like that. Um, right now they sort of do it through the bottom where the where the plastic foot is on the bottom of the device, um, which, you know, doesn't give you a lot of <laughs> – if it's sitting down on top of that, big chunk of metal sitting on top of it doesn't help when you're trying to get signal out. Um, yeah, I was a little disappointed that they didn't get the Mini, but quite honestly what I kind of thought was is that at some point – They'll just uh, do a a um, uh, uh, you know what do they call it a not a newsletter but a um, they'll just do a a an announcement and and update the store and the mini will now be in there as an upgraded version of it because they don't look at that as a a mainline consumer type of device as much as they do the others. Plus they don't you know they don't cost as much. Uh, so, but that said, I kind of had the same thought that you did, looking at how they priced these things. I thought, you know, if I was going to go get a new Mini, do I really need an M1 Pro or an M1 Max Mini? Um, quite frankly, the basic M1 in the in the Mini that's there right now is yeah. faster than my current 2018 Intel Mini by quite a bit. And, you know, the thing about the whole memory thing, too, is, um, you know, it, whether they have, uh, you know, 8 or 16 gigabytes is you know it it is shared memory with the gpu i don't do super high heavy duty gpu work but um because it's all on chip stuff goes in and out of that memory very quick it doesn't need as much memory i think the idea that we have to have you know a ton of memory to do x or y ha- had to do with a lot of time spent going back and forth across a memory bus between the memory chips and the CPU and the GPU at one point in time. And that's been negated because of the speed at which these devices all talk to each other because they're all on chip.
1: That's right. Yep. That bottleneck is gone.
0: Yeah. 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 So, you know, you look at that and you go, hmm, you know, do I really need that that pro? I I think most people, if they really look at it, don't need it. I mean you can get a fully loaded Mac Mini right now with sixteen gigabit bytes of memory and a two terabyte storage uh for sixteen ninety nine. And if you want the ten gigabit Ethernet so you have a faster Ethernet if you use wired Ethernet, um which in server rooms they do, so that's an extra hundred bucks that gets you to seven uh seventeen ninety nine. Yeah. Um you know, so if you're using it as a server or a rack mount. And it looks just like the Mac Mini always looked. Uh but you know runs like the dickens um yeah you know that's it's funny because i was excited about what they were doing and the technology that they were presenting with all of the new stuff but my end conclusion was i don't think i need that (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah oh there's no there's no doubt this has a a wonderful future uh it's it's uh it but it's it's really is Mm -hmm. for the pros yeah I'm, I'm a retired, not a pro.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and you know what? I did the I did a little math real quick and said, well, what would it cost me versus the, the current mini is 1799 <laughs> if I were to go get, um, like, the basic uh, newly announced Mac uh, M1 Pro Mac and just use yep. that as, as, as my mini. Plug it into my big screen here, and that way I can take it with me when I want to. But most of the time I just use it, you know, docked here. And right. the price is almost a thousand dollars more, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's. I don't need to spend a thousand dollars more. I don't think. Well, I'm not. You know, this is all just as I'm not looking to buy any of these right now, anyway. But, but uh, that's a significant dollar amount. You know, that's a big chunk of change. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yep. These things are not cheap, but yeah uh, when
1: when when you get above a thousand dollars, you you better be making
0: some money with that. Thing, or otherwise, you know, it's an expensive toy. It really is. you got to think about this and say, well, how am I using this thing, you know? And, I mean, I, I use stuff here in my shack out back studio to produce podcasts, so I do audio editing and, you know, and do that kind of stuff. Um, quite honestly, the Intel one that I've got right now, the Intel Mac Mini that I've got right now, is the fully loaded top-of-the-line Intel Mac Mini. I mean, it's, it's the best one that you could buy as of 2018 before the M1s came out. It's got six CPU cores and and 64 gig of memory in it and a two terabyte drive on it. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty powerful machine. <laughs> you know, I, I've only on one or two occasions felt like I was sort of pushing its limits at all. Um, so it's really hard to say, well, you know, I need to get one of the new M1s because this one's not the new hotness anymore because Oops. it does everything I need it to do. It's really hard to justify... You know more. It just is. Yep.
1: Well, my uh, my lunch just walked in.
0: That's it, huh? <laughs> yeah. I was just doing a quick check here to say what's the fastest way to configure the most you can configure a Intel Mac Mini that you can still buy right now is twenty eight ninety nine. Oh, twenty nine ninety nine. Three thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So you can you can configure a Mac Mini for three thousand dollars right now if you wanted to. And that's with the yeah. Intel Core I seven in it. Um, you know, sixty-four gig of memory, two gigabytes of storage, and a ten gigabit Ethernet connector. Um, and that mm-hmm. uses the integrated Intel graphics six thirty chip, which, you know, as was demonstrated yesterday, is completely blown away by all of the M one stuff. So um mm-hmm. you know, what what do you get? You get some more ports and you get uh uh you can get up to you get you right now. You get more memory than you do on the current M1 Mac Mini, since they don't offer the Pro or the Max in the Mac Mini yet. But uh, and that's it. So you get more memory. But again, we just talked about the fact that the more memory doesn't necessarily buy you much. So anyway, why don't we call it a quits and you go ahead and have your lunch?
1: I was going to say uh, you might want to mention that the, the release next week of the 15.1 iOS. And, oh yeah. Uh,
0: on Monday, that's right. If you're uh, a bleeding edge adopter of stuff like I am, um, the uh, the new macOS Monterey, as well as 15.1 Mac and or iPad and iOS devices, and I think also Apple Watch 8.1, I think comes out. So Monday's uh, software update upgrade day for Apple folks, um, as the new so devices. Oh, I a little time there. So yeah. So that's coming up. And I do want to mention, too, if you enjoy this podcast, we also have a two-minute tech podcast. You can find that on any podcast player. It's two-minute uh, tips and tricks on how to use your devices better. And then uh, we also have Two for Brew, which is a uh, podcast for that I, that I do with my brother. We go out and we taste beers at local <laughs> brew pubs and talk about those and talk about the uh, micro-brewing industry. And so if you have any interest, please check those out. Uh, we appreciate your support. So have a great week, Dan. Sounds good. Enjoy your beer. I will.
1: Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.